Welcome back to another episode of Maggie's Place, the official podcast. It's Pinky here, and I am so excited to share with you this week we are introducing you to our new mini-series where you get to learn more about each of our homes and you get to meet the AmeriCorps who hold down the fort and two of their moms. In this series, we hope to showcase the different environments, the different relationships, as well as inspire and educate you. I want to apologize for the late upload. I have been sick the past few weeks and felt much better today. But before I jump into the logistics of this week's episode, for those who are new here, welcome. And just a quick recap, Maggie's Place is a nonprofit organization founded in 2000 that provides life-changing programs for pregnant and parenting women and their children by offering a warm and welcoming community, a safe place to live and learn, as well as provide ongoing services to help them become self-sufficient. We are kicking off this mini-series with The Elizabeth House. The Elizabeth House, or the E-House, is one of four maternity homes here in the Valley. And we'll be chatting with AmeriCorps members Christina and Natalie, and their moms, Avery and Manasia. As a forewarning, on the third segment of this episode, we'll be talking about some sensitive topics such as infancy, death, and mental health. So please listen with caution. Up first, we are going to be hearing from the moms. I had the pleasure of interviewing Avery at the Elizabeth House, and it was such a moving experience to hear about her journey. Well... When I was 19, um, I got pregnant by a guy who wasn't fit to be a parent, really. And um, I was living with my mom and this guy in Apache Junction. They got evicted from the apartment that we were staying at. And then for about a month or so, we were living from couch to couch, which is not fun. Nobody likes to live from couch to couch. And then um, my mom and I... We stayed with one of her other friends at a um, 55 and up community. And so then the guy that we were staying with um, got kicked out. And so um, we moved into a trailer park and we stayed there for about a few more months. And then my mom got kicked out because um, the guy caught her smoking with somebody else and he got really jealous, so kicked her out. Mm -hmm. So then I stayed there with him for another few for a couple more months and then after a couple months he called back the 55 and up community and right. they said that he can move back in mm. and he said he asked them well I have this 19 year old who is pregnant and right. doesn't have anywhere else to go right so what do I do with her they're like well she can't stay here she's too young right of course so then he told me and then um, he said I had by that Friday to get out oh with all my stuff. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't fun. Not yeah, really. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. So then I called my foster father, and I said, "Hey, I'm about to be homeless again. Is it okay if I come stay with you right. until I get into Maggie's place?" And so he said, "Yeah, that's fine." So then. Um, without the constant reminders and um, waking up at 8 a.m. every day, right? Um, I wouldn't have gotten into Mackie's place, which is a relief that I'm not on the streets anymore. Yeah, so. that's so true. And can you tell us, how has it been since living at Maggie's place, since you've came? Amazing. Because oh, so I don't have to worry about where I'm going to put my head at night. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have the love and support of the core right. here to help me with my daughter, Oh, it's okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, if I never got in, like, my daughter wouldn't even be here. She would be with a family who could ca- could take care of her. So, so I'm just super glad that I got in. Yeah. So. 
You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I applaud you for all your strength. I appreciate you sharing your story with us. No problem. Thank you so much, Avery, for letting me interview you. We appreciate your bravery for sharing your story. Avery's story definitely tugged on my heartstrings because it definitely reminded me of my own personal journey. Now, of course, my story is different and I came from a different walk of life. But for those who don't know, I was actually a former teen mom myself. I too fell pregnant at 19 and I personally didn't have the support I needed and found myself homeless in another state. Thankfully, my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, took me in. By the grace of God, although I didn't have resources such as Maggie's Place where I was living, I knew I had to stay focused and I was able to continue my education and my significant other had a stable job. And six months into my pregnancy, I came home to Arizona and reunited with my family. Fast forward to now, I graduated college, pursuing my master's. My husband is still with the same company and I now have three kids. And I am thankful to be able to serve here at Maggie's Place and share my journey and story and mentor our alumni moms in continuing to pursue their goals and overcoming their obstacles. <laughs> so anyways, I got sidetracked there, but Avery's story definitely touched me and we will definitely follow up with Avery and her baby Amber. The next mom we will be introducing you to is Monasia. Let's roll the clip. We're here at the Elizabeth House, our house that's located in Tempe. So we are here with Monasia Leanne, right? Mm -hmm. Do you like how I threw your middle name in? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and so she's been living with us for five months. And so tell us a little bit about what was your life like before you moved into Maggie's place? Um, before I got here, I was actually living in Florida, and I recently came back here to live with my mom. And so you're living with your mom? Yes. And then, how do you end up living at Maggie's place? Um, at my mom's, I didn't really have a room, um, just found out I was pregnant. My little sister was pregnant as well, so the negative vibes and the comments and stuff like that made me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I gotta do something. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Yeah, so it was yeah. a healthy relationship. Yes, most yeah. definitely. So what did you think when you first moved in here? Uh, when I first moved in, it was pretty homey. Like, I was very welcome. Um, all of the moms seemed pretty nice. I didn't know what I was expecting, like, to walk into. I thought it was going to be, like, some shelter with, like, a bunch of beds and, you know, like, craziness going on. But it's actually very, very homey. Yeah, and so our moms live here rent-free so that they have yes. time to... Um, be finding a job or working on their school or career goals and then hopefully having time to save money um, so that they can have money saved for a deposit and first month's rent or so they can get through school, um, some school without the stress of rent and utilities and, and all of those different costs. So do you have a contact person who's your AmeriCorps member? Yes, uh, Christina is my contact oh, person. Yeah. Yes. And how has she helped you just in your in daily life and in learning daily life skills here? Um, she's pretty much always there. Like if I need someone to talk to, if I'm even looking sad, even if I know I'm not feeling sad, if she thinks so, she'll come talk to me, like to cheer me up. Um, pretty much just ask me how my day going, what did I do? She asked me about my kids and stuff like that to make sure I'm pretty like interactive and stuff. Yeah. So do you have yeah. other children? I do. Two and, others. Oh, tell us a little bit about them. Uh, my son, Taylin, is seven. My daughter, Harmony, is six. Um, they actually live here not too far from me. They live about five minutes away, so I'm over there oh, wow. like all the time. Oh, yeah, it was nice. pretty convenient that um, I moved here in Tempe. 
because I was going to school here. I was working in Tempe. My kids live in Tempe, so it was like so convenient for me Good. that this was the Good. opening yeah. that they had. And so who are your other children living with while you're at Maggie's My sister. Your sister, nice. Yes. Yeah. And are you working on reunifying with them? Is that a goal or are they going to yes. stay with your children? Um, no. Sister? Yeah, uh -huh. we're just waiting until I get my place and pretty much get a license that way, um, you know, the necessities that I need to take care of three kids, mm -hmm. getting them back and forth from school, <clears throat> then daycare and stuff like that, so. Great, are you working? Um, I was, I finished, I just graduated my two-year associates. Wow, yeah, congratulations. Years, so. Thank you. And where'd you get your associates in? Business. In business, okay. Yeah. And then you're doing like hotel management? Yeah. Yeah. This is a yeah. good state for that, great yeah. state. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, I'm really focused on getting um, my own food truck, so. Oh, what, yes. what are you gonna make? I know. What do you want it to be? I want to do like Jamaican food, but I want to Americanize it. And probably like if I do tacos, I would do like some jerk chicken tacos, yeah. curry tacos, and stuff like that to make it really unique. I volunteer so. as eating. <laughs> Thank you, Monasia, for sharing your story with us, and we too will hear more from Monasia in the future. I have to give you my two cents. I always applaud all the women who come through Maggie's Place. It's not easy being in vulnerable situations, and I can't even begin to tell you how hardworking our moms are. Whether that's pursuing educational, job, or even personal goals, our moms are literally breaking down the walls and going above and beyond, not only for themselves, but for their children. So go moms. Up next, we will be hearing from Christina and Natalie, our AmeriCorps at the Elizabeth House. And as mentioned in the beginning of this episode, this portion talks about sensitive topics such as infancy loss and mental health. We ask you to please listen with caution. We do want to send our condolences and love to those who have experienced infancy loss or know someone who does. Please know that our hearts and prayers are with you. Let's roll the clip. So we're trying our first mini series. So we wanted to talk to Christina. Christina is an AmeriCorps member living at the Elizabeth House where we recently recorded um, Avery and Monasia. So Christina, can you tell us a little bit about um, your background before you came to Maggie's Place? Yeah, so I grew up in California. I'm not from Arizona. I went to school in Santa Barbara and I got my degree in biopsychology. So there might be a little bit of a disconnect with what I'm doing here, but <laughs> I know I want to work with kids and youth in some type of fashion, and that's really where my interest was. When I applied, I found Maggie's Place through a conference I went to with my church at my university called Focus, and they had the Student Leadership Summit, and Maggie's Place was tabling there, and I just grabbed a brochure, didn't really think much of it. I knew I wanted to do a year of service, but I didn't really know what that would look like, and after going through all of my options, all the pros and cons, Maggie's Place just really seemed to pull on the heartstrings and I decided that I'd like to commit a year and I would like to go into medical school in the future and I'm way <laughs> leaning for OBGYN now or a pediatrician so I think that's where the, the correlation lies with like youth and, and children but that's kind of my background with before Maggie's Place. 
so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Did you say biopsychologist? Yeah, biopsychology. What is that? It's like a fusion of biology, psychology, another word is neuroscience. They okay. use those oh, two cool. interchangeably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's and what college should you go to? University of California, Santa Barbara. Yeah, oh, nice. Me. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Great place to be. I know, yeah. the weather. Yeah. Jealous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your work with, let's start with your work with Avery. Tell us a little bit about mentoring Avery yeah. and, um, you know, the changes you've seen and kind of, I think it's always good, interesting as we heard like Avery's story to hear like your perspective because you've been watching the changes as a third person or mm -hmm. as a third party. Yeah. So she's actually the longest standing mom that was also there when I got there now. So we met her last year and when we first met her she was this shy and little girl and I've just seen so much growth in her in like conversation and being open and setting her goals. She allowed me to be there at the birth and I got to witness little Amber coming into the world and yeah, it was such an incredible experience. It was so beautiful and I feel very honored that she even let me witness that as at the time like it was very new, like didn't really know what a contact person was. It's all very overwhelming when you move in for the moms, I'm sure. But she was very open and willing to have like a friend also like in addition to being like a staff member. So I think through the months I've seen her grow in just the the language she uses and how she talks about like her relationships, her personal relationships and sees things for the bigger picture like she recently got a job and has now started like actually intending on like the future for like saving and like what where she's gonna live after and has started researching daycare so I think those are really great things that she has been able to work on like slowly through the months in our contact meetings and just being able to have those smaller goals be met and realize that she is capable of achieving them because she is definitely very capable she has gone through a lot in her childhood and has overcome a lot of those adversities and she found herself at Maggie's place and she's able to really focus on her and her baby right now and what's best for their future and not really worry about all of the other people in her life that may not be the safest or the best support systems for her so she's able to kind of get a better perspective now that she has that space and time away from them to really make those goals and like think what's best for herself and her baby so I've seen a lot of growth in that area right. too yeah. yeah and I think that's what's so important about allowing women to move in at any point in their pregnancy and stay until the baby's a year old it, it really gives the time that you need to take that breath and to kind of heal and and then like you said to, to make some small changes that give you that feeling of success, right? And that feeling of like, yeah. I can do this, and then it becomes bigger. So that's so exciting. When we were talking to her, she was applying for jobs. Yeah. Yes. So she hadn't gotten one yet, so that's great. Yeah. I'm happy to hear. I know. 
Um, and tell us a little bit about, you are also, and Christina keeps using the term contact person. That's just what we use um, within the home. It's, it's, it's basically a mentoring role, if that makes sense. And a contact meeting is like a mentoring meeting. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you're also a mentor to Monasia. Mm-hmm. We want to hear first about her cooking. Oh my gosh, she is such a great cook. When I first met her, she told me that her goal was to own a food truck, and she has, I think, made, I think, almost every type of food you can think of, like, over the past couple of months, but she is, that's, I think, one of her love languages. She loves to serve and always checks in about what the other person needs, and that's one of the ways she likes to show love, is cooking for the house and just even not on our regular community night schedule she'll offer to cook for another mom or if they just got back from the hospital she'll ask them like what do you want for your like your first meal back home like she's just really considerate and is an amazing cook (laughs) so what's the best thing you've eaten that she's made oh my gosh her desserts are incredible and she makes really good chicken I can't wait that. to try this. She did say that, the jerk yes. Chicken or jerk chicken. Yeah, yeah. She yes. was really good Jamaican food. I'm excited to try other other flavors that she has. So tell us what have you seen, what kind of changes have you seen her go through? Yeah. Well from the very beginning I noticed how open she was with me and even about like her past and where she was up to this point and applying to Maggie's place. So I think she's really excelled in her independence she has sought out so many jobs has landed like all of them had to sift through which one she thought would be the best but I think for Manasia she has really just demonstrated her ability to be self-sufficient and independent she came in already a little bit like self or a lot a bit sufficient in that she was able to do lots of things on her own and I think she's really just also been a really good role model for all the other moms at the house and that you're capable of more than you think and you can get through it with like the positive environment that Maggie's Place offers and all of our moms are really great at supporting each other too but she really excels in that area too. So tell us Christina a little bit about your your service your um, nine months in? Ten months in? Almost ten months. Yeah almost ten months. May Mm -hmm. of your 12 month commitment so Tell us, what is, a, what is like a memory you're going to take with you? Something that was funny, something that was sad, something that was hard. Like, what's a memory you're going to take with you? I think the word that stands out for this year would be growth. I thought that giving myself in this year of service would also changed like the way I saw the world but I didn't think it would impact me in the way that I would also be faced with so many like challenges and opportunities for personal growth on like a very intimate level with like the personal relationships with the moms like I wasn't I think expecting that when I moved in to also form friendships with them so I think that has this year has really allowed me to understand where my boundaries are and how to make those relationships healthy in all of my like work and like housemate and roommate relationships. So I think 
the year um, has been summarized in the word growth on both a personal and a professional level here. And I think one of the, the joyful memories I'll take with me is being there to witness the birth of one of our babies, Amber, and also on the other end of that spectrum, um, witnessing one of our babies pass away. That's one of the really more difficult memories I'll take with me that'll like leave an imprint on my heart forever. And what do you think's a like a lesson that you learned that you'll take with you? A lesson. There's lots of lessons, I think. <laughs> but um, one of the ones that pops up right away is being compassionate and understanding while also being assertive and stern. There's a balance between those those two things and they are both very important in the everyday interactions with each other and fostering that environment of hospitality and welcoming so all the moms can feel loved and supported in our home. Yeah, yeah that's like, that is a really hard balance Yes, between those things. Every day it looks different. Okay, and we also have Natalie here from the Elizabeth House and Natalie is doing a Euro service with us as an AmeriCorps member. And Natalie, tell us a little bit though, before you were an AmeriCorps member, you were a volunteer at the Magdalene House in Phoenix. So tell it us was, a little bit yeah. about being a volunteer at, at the Magdalene House. Um, it was like the best part of my college experience, and which was funny because it wasn't even in college. But I took a seminar class um, and we talked about like injustices in the world and philosophy and I was always talking to my professor about like I can't believe the world is like this and I can't believe that I have had this like perfect life with like such a supportive family and I've never been hungry never really had any kind of hardship and other people have just had way more than their fair share and he would always tell me go volunteer Natalie don't just complain about it like go do something and I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so um, I decided to take a university service learning class at ASU. Um, and I was looking through the list of organizations that they partnered with and trying to decide where I wanted to intern. And then Maggie's Place was one of the options and it just really stuck out to me. I love babies. Um, and I was like, this seems perfect for me. I'm so scared to work with adults because I've always worked with kids my whole life. But I was like, I'm just going to try it. So I started my internship and was placed at the Magdalene House, um, and it just became like a second home for me. I was there, I think, like 20 to 30 hours a week on top of my full load of classes and another job, but um, I just had, I think, like a meaningful community uh, for the first time in my college experience. I think it was based on like people supporting each other, not just like people having fun together and hanging out. It was like a really deep connection that everybody in the house had um, with one another. So after the internship ended, it was the end of the semester, um, I decided to stay on as a volunteer. So I was in total at the Magdalene House for a year and a half um, before I graduated. Um, and then once I graduated from college, I was ready to move on from college, but not totally ready to move on from Maggie's place yet. So. Um, naturally, I decided to move in and was placed at the Elizabeth House in Tempe now with Christina um, and Monasia and Avery and all our other moms. So um, it's definitely been a journey. I think my time at Maggie's Place has become more and more intense, and I've also been able to learn more and more from it. 
So tell us about something you've learned. What have you learned? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. I think one of, so I always knew this, but I think I feel it in a different way now that everything is temporary. And if you just sit with something long enough and lean into it and feel it, it's going to change. Um, so I knew before everything gets better, nothing lasts forever, but in, in Maggie's place when you're living there, things are hard and there's a lot of ups and downs. And so I think I've really learned to like appreciate the highs but not get attached to them and then to sit with the lows and really allow myself to experience all of my feelings because I know that eventually there's going to be a day when I feel like I'm on the other side of it and things are getting better. So that's one of the biggest things. And then I think also I've learned a lot about myself um, and I've really learned that I'm capable of so much more than I thought. I always thought of myself as this super sensitive, delicate person. My sisters always say, Natalie's fragile. <laughs> because I cry easy. Like if somebody else is crying, I'm crying with them. Um, and at Maggie's Place, I've had to have really tough conversations. I've had to like go through difficult days and get up the next day and just handle things. Um, you know, I've had to go through difficult months even, and I've been so strong. <laughs> and I think I didn't know that I could do it until I, I said this to Christina the other day. I didn't know I could do it until I did it on accident. And then when it's over, you're like, oh, wow, okay. I'm strong, actually. I didn't know that about myself. Wow. As you can see, being in AmeriCorps is quite tough at times. And as you can hear from Natalie and Christina, that every opportunity at Maggie's Place not only provides a learning experience, but a memorable one at that. The next two clips you're about to listen to touch base on mental health and infancy loss. Please listen with caution. So tell us about one of, one of those things that you grew from that made you stronger. Um, so in... Uh, it was a few months into um, our year of service and we had a pretty scary uh, mental health emergency at our house. It was totally out of nowhere, totally unexpected. Um, we all, it was like, it was terrifying. On the phone with police, um, staying up all me night. on the phone with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, calling Julie like, what is going on? <laughs> Um, and it was a process. I think it lasted about two weeks before we were finally out of crisis mode. And at the end of it, I I felt broken and parts of me felt defeated, but I also could look back on it and say, like, I gave so much of myself to support this community that I've invested myself into. And I did everything I could. and. I have loved people in a way that I can be proud of, and I did it. Like, I made it through that, so... Um, can you tell people what, what actually, we don't need to say your name, but what actually happened to the mom that we, we now know, but we're trying to figure out? Yeah, um, so she had a psychotic break. Um, it was completely unexpected, no warning signs. Uh, just kind of woke up one morning and was a different person than she was. The, the months that we'd known her before. So uh, she wasn't sure what day it was. She wasn't sure what was going on around her. She was hearing things. Um, and she left the property. We called it a welfare check. We had no idea where she went. We got a call from a psychiatric hospital a few days later, and I just dropped everything and, and drove up there to see her. So 
um, spent the night there. We went to the ER. We were trying to figure out if something bad had happened to her. We didn't know where the baby was. Um, we were on the phone with like different <laughs> DCS departments and then the sheriff and the police and um, doctors. and It was really, really scary. Now I can only imagine what Natalie and Christina were feeling during this mental health scare. Being in AmeriCorps, we receive training on many different things over a course of several lessons weekly, in which helps us to do our positions effectively in the homes. So we all applaud Natalie and Christina on how well they handled the situation. I do want to let our audience know that both mom and baby are safe and are doing well and are receiving the care they need. The next part of this segment touches base on infancy loss. And again, as a forewarning, we ask that you please listen with caution. Thank you. But then a few months later, we found out that a mom would be moving in. Um, and her baby had a diagnosis, she was pregnant, and she knew that the baby wouldn't live more than a few days. And I think if I had heard that before I had been through that experience back in November, I would have said, I can't handle that, there's no way, I will, I, I'll be a failure for her, I won't know how to support her. But I met with my team and Christina, and I was like, you know what, we got through all of this stuff before, we can do this. It's gonna be harder than before, but, um, we can do it, we can help her, we can support her. So I think the things that are so hard and they push you to your limits and maybe even past them, you come out of it with a renewed sense of confidence in who you are and, and what you can do and how you can help other people. And what did you do to support her? Um, the mom with the baby. Mm -hmm. um, Christina touched on it too, it's one of the hard things. Yeah, Yeah, she did. Um, can you just tell people a little bit of what you guys did? Like how do you support someone during something that seems, seems so impossible? Yeah, you kind of have to come to terms with the fact that you can't fix it, which is the worst thing in the world that you can watch somebody experiencing all this pain and you it's not fair, there's no reason for it to happen, and you can't take it away, not even a little piece of it. Um, so I think a lot of it was just letting her know that we're here for you, we're your family, and, and we're going to sit through this with you, and I'm going to be here with you every step of the way. And after she had moved in, I said, what do you need from us? What can we help you with? And she said, I just need you to be by my side every step of the way. Um, so when it came down to it and she went to the hospital to deliver, um, I went with her. Christina held down the fort at home and had those difficult conversations with the other moms at home about what was going on and, and where that mom and I were. Um, so it was kind of a scary labor and delivery process. And then um, after the baby was born, I held him, which is such a blessing and an honor for me. Um, he lived 71 minutes in my arms, um, and you know I was with him when he took his last breath. Um, and so a lot of that process with the mom was supporting her afterwards too. And I think we shared this experience together. And when other people couldn't understand what she was going through, at least I hope that what I could give her was, I get it, I was there. So um, I was there for the funeral, I was there to talk with family. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I have a, a bond with that mom for forever. And how's she doing now? She's doing great. She, um, you know, I mean, I guess not great. <laughs> you can't be doing great after you go through something like that. Um, it, it was hard and she didn't have family support really. She had us 
Um, and so it was a struggle, but she ended up making a really um, difficult and amazing choice to, to move out of Maggie's place into a more intense, supportive, structured environment because she recognized that her grief uh, was, was more than she could face on her own. And Maggie's place offers so much support in so many ways, but there's a lot of things that we don't do. Like we don't have medical care or psychiatric care on site or, uh, you know, um, addiction recovery counselors in the home or anything like that. So the mom has older kids too and she knew that if she wanted to parent them she had to find a way to move past this loss in a healthy way. Um, so she made the choice to move somewhere where she could really really focus on her own healing process and, and getting better and, and moving on. That's an amazing story. It is an amazing story. I think it really shows too the the support of the role that you guys play in these women. Like what you said, I can't fix everything, but sometimes people don't need you to fix things, right? They just need to know that they're not alone, mm -hmm. and so and that they had like this voice of kindness that was with her through everything. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. It is beautiful, and someone to just listen, someone mm -hmm. to sit, listen, and and just be amazing wow and one of the biggest surprises about the whole experience was that we we got that support back from the moms and you know I never thought that I would be in this job so that other people could help me I kind of was committed to like I'm just gonna give everything that I have maybe you know maybe I'll get some of it in return but probably not that's not why I'm here um, but when that mom and I came back from the hospital, um, Christina and I sat down and talked with all the moms, and that mom shared her experience with the moms too, and kind of all of us were like, we are going through a hard time, and um, this was really difficult for everybody, so we might not be the same people that you're used to, you know we're here for you, we love you, but we might need a little bit of extra space and time to heal. And the moms were just, you know, we all cried together. Um, the moms helped the one mom that was home from the hospital, they helped her, cooked her meals, helped her get up and down from her chairs, sat with her when she needed to talk. Um, and they helped us. They Monasia made, made really good food for everyone. <laughs> Monasia made really good food for everyone. Avery would always make a point to give me a hug before I went to bed at night and say, I love you, Natalie. Um, and so I think like coming home to that support system that I, that I wasn't expecting was like, wow, this place is really, really special. And um, yeah, it was incredible. Christina, one of our moms mentioned when we were interviewing them your movie night as their favorite memory, how you <laughs> made all these cute <laughs> snacks. And then they did like pedicures. They did pedicures. And you, did, you made this like spa thing and how you just made like the environment really cute and intentional. It's Aww. really sweet. She's yeah. so good at that. We I did know. Baby Jeopardy one night, and Christina made this little Jeopardy board with, like, <laughs> little baby pictures on it, and the moms had to answer questions about pregnancy and stuff. She's so good at making everything cute and fun. It was so fun. I love to incorporate any type of laughter to lessen sometimes the really tough and the seriousness of our job sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna, you have a few more months left um, at Maggie's place in your Euro service. And then 
What is something where you're like, I know that I will remember this lesson as I move throughout my life? One of the biggest things is just that you you can build community with anybody and you you can support other people and be supported by them even if you are so different and your backgrounds are so different and your beliefs are so different and your stories are so different and what you like to do I think um probably kind of normal for when you're in high school but my whole life you know high school and college I always felt like I had to find people that were like me and I had to have this community of people with similar interests and beliefs and I think those things are important but at Maggie's place I just kind of was it's a really weird situation like you all of a sudden move into a house with a bunch of people and none of you guys necessarily have anything in common and especially as AmeriCorps like Christina and my job is to figure out a way to make that into a positive community where everybody can feel safe and everybody can feel loved and everybody can feel supported and there have been ups and downs along the way we've learned a lot about how to do that but I you know like we did it and I think that that's just so cool to me that nobody would think that we had like the ingredients for like a happy healthy family at home (laughs) but that's really what it feels like now I think you know a lot of it is we have great moms in the house right now they're all amazing and um so kind and and strong and caring with each other but a lot of it is also that I think what Christina and I have learned is that um we figured out how to build that and it's possible which I wouldn't have thought before What's one of it? You said it's been a year full of highs and lows, so we, we heard about the lows. What's, a, what's one of your highs from the year? For a moment where you're like, this is amazing. Yeah, one of my highs was Christmas, I think. Um, we, the moms had been able to go shopping for their older kids, and Maggie's Place just had so many generous donors and volunteers and was able to pull together all of these amazing things for the core um, to give to the moms kind of on behalf of Maggie's Place. So um, the other staff and I woke up before the moms were awake and got all the presents out. We made little signs for each mom and then we had Christmas morning together complete with like cinnamon rolls and hot chocolate. And it was so, it was just fun. Everybody was laughing. The babies were happy. Um, there was so much just like gratitude and love in the room and I think it was really special and one of our moms had said before I'm excited for the holidays because I've never had a real holiday before Um, so it was a different experience being the person that's coordinating it but I think you get this like sense of fulfillment afterwards that you have been able to like help create a special time for other people if we were creating a community sauce like the secret sauce like Monasia likes to talk about her secret <laughs> sauces what would you put what would you put in what ingredients would you use to create this secret sauce of a community love love, love. yeah self-sacrificial love yeah I think when things are really hard and there's a situation that I'm like I have no idea how to handle this how to help this person that's kind of what I fall back on and it's big and abstract but it helps just to be like my job is to love this person so what's the best way to love her is it to like let this one slide and move on or is it to address it in a gentle way so love I think mm-hmm. um like honesty and you have to be real with each other in a respectful way and like a lot of balance I think it's easy when things are stressful to like pick an extreme and commit to that but trying to find the middle ground with everything and 
you have to recognize that like things are hard and things are easy and things are good and bad at the same time and you have to figure out how to walk that line in the middle. You ladies are excellent problem yeah. solvers. I feel like what are what are um, some attributes that you've learned, whether it be at your time at Maggie's Place or what, what you've brought into Maggie's Place that um, have helped you become the those advocates or the problem solvers for dealing with everyday situations? Because it sounds like it's fluid. From one day to the next, it could be something different. There was a balance that I had to learn between thinking on my feet and giving myself the time to make a really tough choice. And somewhere between those two extremes, there is a middle ground that I find is easiest for me to make really tough decisions or also decisions, like important decisions. So I think that attribute has been something I've been able to focus on and improve on and notice the deficits in for me personally. And I think also being able to kind of like zoom in and zoom out and hold both of those pictures in your mind at the same time, like you have to balance the needs of the individual with the needs of the community. And if an individual is in crisis, the community might have to suffer so you can pull that mom back up. But if, you know, the community is in crisis, then maybe a mom is going to have to make some adjustments so that everybody can be okay. So I think like thinking big picture and using it to inform your small decisions and like you have to keep them both at the same time. So much wisdom. So much wisdom. wisdom. So great. I want to go back, Natalie, to what you said at the beginning that your professor was like, you're like, there's so many injustices in the world. (laughs) (laughs) What can I do about it or how did this happen? And I, I love your professor's advice where he told you to go volunteer. And so can you just touch on how, like, obviously that played out and not everyone in their life can be an AmeriCorps volunteer, but how did, like, how did volunteering help you, like, feel about the injustices in the world? Deal with my existential problems. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you think, um, how do you think it helped you? Yeah, I think that before I was thinking about all of these giant things and think kind of like with the mom I was talking about, like, this is so big, I can't fix it. Um, and, try, you know, like, wasting my time trying to figure out a way I could solve poverty. Like, I don't know. Tell us, like, if you were to go back and, and see your professor today, you'd be like, huh, you won't believe the volunteer work I did. It was, the, like, the best advice ever, and it was so easy. And I, the way I was thinking about it before was that, like, doing something that feels small-scale, like helping individual people will never fix this giant thing. Um, but... You know, now I think I can like live every day with the peace that of knowing that I'm doing something meaningful and I'm I'm trying to fix the things that I don't like in the world, even you know the the consequences of them that individual people have to deal with, even if I can't fix the giant thing. And I think it's um, a lot of the problem too is that people live in these different bubbles, and so the moms and I might never have met. And, you know, if I hadn't done something like Maggie's Place because I live in my world and they live in their world and so we don't understand each other. And I, I think, like, the mixing worlds is so important because now if I do decide to take, you know, pursue a career on more of a structural level, I'm not just so separated from it that I'm doing what I think is going to help but maybe won't. I have experiences and relationships where I can say this is how this giant thing impacts people, so this is why it's a problem. Mm-hmm.
Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's mini-series. We will continue our mini-series in the next few weeks. Don't forget to please applaud this week's episode and share this podcast on your social media pages. We appreciate your help in spreading our message. We will see you guys next week.